Hey everyone, this is Ben Chapman. Thank you for listening to Luminous Church Podcast. It's always an honor that you would take time out of your day to listen to us. We hope that you would see Jesus more clearly today and that you would also be inspired to make a difference wherever you find yourself. Enjoy today's sermon and God bless you. Awesome, awesome. We're starting a brand new series today called From Here to There. Everybody say, from here to there. There you go. Some participation this morning is going to help us out. And I'm so excited. This journey of Christmas that we are on, um, not just today, but over the next several weeks as we dive into the Christmas story, we're just going to talk about this whole journey was going from one place to another place. And that's not only something historical that happened, but it's something that's transformative in our lives, moving from one place to another place, from moving to one state into another state. And today we're going to talk about the Grinch and the Grinch movie, and we're going to talk about from the Grinch to grace and what this looks like and how this is applicable to us this morning. Now, a lot of us know this story, and so I'm going to sum up this story, tell this story a little bit to us this morning, and then we're going to get into some application of how it really can um, apply to our life. So in 1956, on December 26th, the day after Christmas, uh, Theodore Geisel was brushing his teeth and looking in the mirror when he noticed a Grinchish countenance staring back at him. Something had gone wrong with Christmas. I realized this is what he said, or more likely with me. So I wrote the story about my sour friend, the Grinch, to see if I could rediscover something about Christmas that obviously I'd lost. Theodore Geisel, a.k.a. Dr. Seuss. So in this moment today, we want to rediscover or find the truth of Christmas. Find Christmas together as we consider one of the most well-known Christmas stories of all time. In fact, in 1957, he published this book. It's amazing you get an idea in the same year, next year you publish it. That's pretty phenomenal. And he published the book by Dr. Seuss, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. And it's been adapted to, to many movies and many other narratives and television specials, and even Broadway. And last year, they came out with a new Grinch cartoon. And in that cartoon, there's a little twist on the plot. And some of us have been binge-watching Netflix and have already seen it a couple of times, The Christmas Spirit. Who celebrates Christmas on November 1st? Can I get a show of hands? Who who waits still like, okay, okay, there's like four. Don't be ashamed. I mean, you do it. You should be proud of that. Like, yes, the Christmas lights are up and we've been watching Christmas movies for a month so his story um so anyway God bless you I'm so thankful that you get to do that now now the new Grinch in this movie uh has a twist and as he's on Mount Crumpet in this movie Dr. Seuss tells about how the Grinch spent 53 years living in seclusion on a cliff overlooking the village of Whoville he was mean and especially hated Christmas. He hated the presents. He hated the lights. He hated the trees. He he hated the feast. He hated all of it. And he especially hated the 
Singing. Thank you. Wow. Here we go. Let's all say it together. Singing. Just fill in the blanks this morning. Come on. We're going to do it. He hated the singing. And his meanness was on account of his heart being two sizes too small. And so the Grinch, with his evil look, started plotting about how he was going to steal the joy away from everybody. He was going to steal Christmas. He was going to steal the singing, the presents, the trees, the lights. He was going to steal Christmas, that there would be no singing this Christmas. Instead, he would replace their singing with crying. And so with his evil plot in this new movie, he's looking for a reindeer to pull his sled. And he tries to capture many reindeer to no avail. And so his best friend, his actually only friend, Max, decides to suit up and wear some antlers. And Max is going to Whoville to steal everything there is. And in this newest version, Cindy Lou decides that she's going to trap Santa and tell Santa her Christmas wish. Well, without seeing who Santa was, she trapped who she thought was Santa, but was actually the Grinch in disguise. And she tells Santa her wish that her mother would be happy again. That was her single wish. But that didn't phase the Grinch, although sad in a moment of the movie. He, uh, he plotted this evil scheme, and he decided to move forward with this plan. And he grabbed all the presents and all the gifts, and he was on Mount Crumpet, and he was about to drop all of them off the cliff. And as he did, he wanted to hear all their crying, so he spied on them with a telescope. And as he did, he didn't hear crying, but he heard singing. Just one more shove. What's that? Do you hear it? They're singing? I don't understand, Max. Don't they know what I've done? As he watched the small girl, he thought he might melt. If he did what she did, would he feel what she felt? And the luscious sound swelled, reaching up to the skies. And the Grinch heard with his heart, and it tripled in size. And all of us want to see that movie now. It's like incredible. It's on Netflix. You should stream that. This is just an incredible moment where we see that Cindy Lou Who begins to sing, even though there's no presence. There's no lights and there's no feast. She still sings joyfully and the Grinch takes notice and his heart 
begins to grow three sizes big. And Cindy Lou, who invites the Grinch over for the Christmas roast beast. And there she invites this one who stole Christmas from her to eat with her. And she extends grace to somebody who didn't deserve it. It's an incredible story. We could stop there and already the gospel has been preached to us. Already we see that there's this grace undeserving given to a person who doesn't deserve it. We could stop there, but but there's some things I want to take note of as we look at this. We, we look as, as they talk about how this is a parallel to not care about materialism this Christmas. Not care about those things. That's, that's really not what it's about. And it's not about the food. And it's not about the lights or, or this or that. And then Theodore Geisel was even noted, coincidentally enough, as he wrote this, that, that the Grinch was on Mount Crumpet for 53 years, and, and Dr. Seuss was 53 years of age when he penned this book, noting that maybe he was the one who was actually on Mount Crumpet. So as we look at this, we want to look at how does this apply to us as we look at maybe three or four tidbits this morning for us and, and we analyze this. Uh, the first thing I want to note about the Grinch is that he was isolated. The first thing we see about the Grinch and this heart that was so small is that he was isolated for 53 years. There was isolation. He removed himself from community. His only friend was Max, a faithful dog. And for all the dog lovers, that's that's all you need sometimes. But but truth is, is he needed more than that, that there, he, he was really longing for friendship and community. But yet he was mixed with this jealousy of, of their doing life, and it's so great. He really wanted these really relationships, but, but maybe he just couldn't give himself over to it. He was alone, and this was a choice that he made. The first thing we see about a small heart is that he was isolated. The second thing we see is he had a heart problem. Dr. Seuss said that he had a heart problem. It was Two sizes too small is why he was cranky, mean, angry, jealous, evil, sarcastic, envious, all these things. It's what further separated him into the very thing that he needed, community, family, and friends. It, it was the, the, this problem was, was not just an external problem, but it was actually an internal condition. So I want to challenge us this morning as we look at these things. I want us to pull out a snowflake this morning. They're on the bottom underneath your chair. If you could reach for that and reach for a pen. And I want us to think about this holiday season. And I want us on one side of this snowflake that you would write down a heart problem you are having right now. Uh, a heart problem that you're having. A, a Grinch-like 
tendency. You know, for some of us, it's the Cowboys can't win a game for the life of them, right? And so maybe you're a little frustrated, a little angry. Uh, some of us may be just, just uh, um, maybe just a little short-tempered this holiday. We noticed when the turkey didn't turn out how we thought it would. Or, or maybe the yams weren't quite right. We, we just decided that, that maybe this was a little frustrating. Maybe we missed out on the Black Friday doorbuster. I know that really got my wife. You know, it was crazy. We ended up at HEB, and they didn't even have a flyer this year. And so we went around, had everybody looking for this gift, and they didn't even have it. It was so sad. And so, so we were a little frustrated by that. Maybe it was missing out on door, doorbuster, or maybe it was something else, or maybe, just maybe it was something, maybe a little not as surface, but a little deeper. Maybe it went to uh, somebody wasn't around the Christmas table this year, and there was just this moment of sadness that filled your heart. Maybe it was um, some tension that's been happening in your life. Maybe it was some grief that's been happening in your life. I want you to write down maybe a symptom of a heart problem that you're having. And maybe it's an outward symptom, or maybe you can already identify maybe a deeper root to what it was. But write it down on your snowflake. And I'll write mine down as you do. And it'd be great if we had some, like, music or something. That would be awesome. Somebody sing for us a Christmas carol. for that. That was great. Give yourself a hand. That was awesome. Okay, go ahead and set your snowflake to the side. The third thing, the first thing is isolation. The second one is he had a heart problem. The third thing is his heart problem affected him and others. That his heart problem was not just affecting just him, but it affected others around him. And this is what happens when evil starts birthing in our heart. It destroys everyone else around us. It starts taking its toll around the people that we're supposed to be doing life with. It doesn't just make you miserable, but it can make others miserable. Did you realize that God created you to be in community, that he put some unique gifts and abilities inside of you that he has placed? not just for you, but actually for the church. That there are some things that he has wired you in that you're supposed to be bringing to a family, to a community that's around you. And when you sit on Mount Crumpet and isolate yourself and your heart's really small, then what happens is you aren't giving the gifts that God's put inside of you to his people and his community. This is what we notice, and, and the Bible, uh, it, it reiterates this, and it paints it real big. The Bible says that we have a heart problem, that all humanity has a heart problem. In fact, in Jeremiah 17, 9 says this, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately sick. Who can understand it? That the heart is deceitful. We're desperately sick that this condition of the heart. And, you know, sick people infect others. Like, have y'all the flu, effluenzas around, you know? And it's just like you don't want to touch anybody. Hand sanitizer like crazy. Do you know you got to, like, rub that for, like, two minutes before it actually works or something crazy like that? And, and we've all been doing that. You see, when you're sick, you can affect others. When you're hurt, you hurt others others. This is just true. And so what happens when you have this condition of a heart 
when it's like this. In Luke 6, Jesus talks about this when he's talking about good fruit and bad fruit. In verse 45, he says, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil, produce, evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And this is what was affecting the Grinch. Out of his mouth were lies, were deception, were evil. Out of this tiny little heart, there was all this scheming that was destructive. Have you ever met the person who makes a great first impression? You know, I mean, I'm, I am that person, FYI. And they make a great first impression that you meet them. And you're like, man, I want to be this person's best friend. Not that I want to be my own best friend, but you know what I'm saying. I, I want to I just hang out with this guy. I want to be near him. I, man, there's just something about him. And then you hang out for a week 24-7, and then all of a sudden everything out of their mouth was not what you first perceived. There's like filth in there. And there's, there's words in there, and there's disgusting things in there, because out of the mouth, the heart speaks. You hang around somebody long enough, and you truly know their heart. That's why we encourage everybody, if, if you're dating somebody, you should date all four seasons, right? Because you, when you go through all four seasons, you're going to know what they're like around their family, what they're like in the summer, how they hibernate in the winter. And you're going to know all these things because you're going to know what's truly in their heart. It's just a fact. And, and in this heart condition and in our heart, that, that, that sometimes out of our mouth, there's, there's anger, and there's bitterness, and there's unforgiveness, there's resentment, and there's jealousy. There's, there's all sorts of ugly that comes out of our mouth, and it's uglier than an ugly sweater oftentimes. See, the condition of the heart, it, it, it's out of our mouth. It speaks. This is what Jesus says, and the truth is, is we all have been Grinches before. And maybe we weren't green or maybe we didn't have the hair or maybe we didn't look like the Grinch. But we've all been there before. In fact, we all have been Grinches. We've isolated and we've been in these moments. And, and so the question is, what do you do or what do we do with this heart condition or this heart problem? How do we move from Grinch to Grace? How do we move from this place of where we are to where we need to be? Well, grace is a gift that will take your breath away. You know, you, you've seen it, the, the moment that's just taking your breath away because it's something undeserving. And this is what Cindy Lou Who did. that She showed kindness to others even though she didn't have in the moment. She showed kindness to others, even though they were undeserving. All she wanted for Christmas was her mother's happiness. She didn't make the typical kid's Christmas list. And she showed grace. She extended this kindness. And, and the truth is, it's a little more complicated than just sharing kindness with one another. It's a season of kindness. If you didn't know, there's, there's going to be all sorts of articles as you read your news feed this year. There's going to be um, all sorts of articles about uh, maybe uh, you read this one last year where the homeless man was dressed up, uh, a man dressed up as a homeless man, and every time somebody was kind to him, he would give them a $100 bill. Did anybody read that? And so he would go teaching us, to be kind to those who don't 
maybe necessarily are, are around you. And to be kind and intentional. And to start giving things away. To give kindness away. A lot of you brought our shoes for our shoe drive. And we're going to be taking up those donations next week. And we're going to be giving those away. Showing kindness. Showing kindness in this holiday season. I read a news article this week. And it was pretty profound. It was a plastic surgeon in a small town. And he was doing surgeries. And, and his professor told him that anything can be fixed with the cut of a knife like you can you can start healing people with a cut of a knife and as he did so many plastic surgeries he he found himself getting a little depressed that it wasn't as fulfilling as he thought it would be and he did surgery on an 80 year old woman and replaced her sternum and as he did she began to recover in ICU and she started to get better and, and he went and visited her every day, and she started to get better. And, and, and soon it looked like she was going to move out of ICU. And then he missed one day. And when he came back, there she was in ICU not doing so well. And in fact, day after day, she started to lose her color. And people just knew that she wasn't going to make it. They wrote her off. But something that this doctor did that, that was really an act of kindness that goes past just giving a hand, but believing Jesus could do something great. He sat next to her, and he held her hand, and he did the only thing he knew how to do was pray. And he prayed for her. And then the next day he came back, and he held her hand, and he prayed for her. And the next day he came back, and then 10 days later, when everybody wrote her off, he came in, and he noticed something different about this lady. This lady had started getting her color back. And then she started to wake up. And then she started to sit up. And every day he would come in and he would hold her hand. And he, and he goes, you know, you're a miracle. As they began to release her from the hospital, he goes, you're a miracle. I mean, this is unbelievable. Everybody wrote you off. She's like, what do you mean everybody wrote me off? She goes, you know, maybe everybody did, but you didn't. I remember every day you came and held my hand. I remember every day that you were there. In fact, it's what gave me hope and kept me going. Just a tremendous story of hope and grace to an elderly woman this Christmas. But the truth is, is it's not the kindness that changes a heart and enlarges it. You see, this is a great movie, and it's a great story, and kindness is so amazing. But kindness can help influence, but it won't truly impact. It won't truly transform. The Only the kindness of God will truly transform a heart. Romans 2.4 says this, Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you towards repentance? That it was God's kindness to send his son Jesus to the earth. It was his kindness to give the gift that only could save a people, that could only transform a heart. It was God's kindness, which was his son. You see, in our state, in our state of, of brokenness, we all were Grinches and all have little hearts. We all could not enter into the kingdom and not truly have the life that he talks about. So he sent his son who had a big heart, who lived a life that you and I could not live. 
He lived a perfect life, a sinless life, no ill will in Jesus. And he lived this life with a big heart, and he gave his big heart for our small hearts so that they could be replaced. And it says, the Bible says that if you repent and turn towards him, that you will be saved. In fact, Romans 10, 9 says this, uh, that if you confess with your mouth that you are a sinner and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess that Jesus is Lord and turn from your ways and put your trust in him that you will be saved, that you're going to be saved. Amazing thing about this is that repentance turns us towards the family of God. That repentance turns us towards Jesus. Interestingly enough, the Grinch's heart didn't grow two times back to a normal size. It grew three. It grew to a heart that was not normal, but a heart that was new. And this is what Jesus does with us, is that when we repent and turn towards him, that our heart becomes new. In John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. In John chapter 3, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, a Pharisee who was trying to understand Jesus' message. He, he understand the Torah. He understand the law. The, he, understand, he understood all of those things that were taught. He understood them. But in John chapter 3, Jesus is talking about a new heart or a new life. That there would be a new life to come to you for those who believe in the son that God sent. As he was talking about this new life and this new heart in this moment Nicodemus is like, how can it be? And Jesus said, you must be born again. Do you remember that language, born again language? A lot of us use this language, Christian language, right? Are you a Christian? But in the Philippines and overseas, a lot of times that's confusing because it doesn't really translate or make sense. It's, it's I, I'm not just a Christian or a church attender. I'm not just a seat warmer, but I am one who has been born again, that I've been made completely new. And this is the beautiful thing about it is that, that us, when we come to Jesus, we realize that we are born again, that he gives us a new heart. God's answer to our isolation, our heart problem, the heart problem that affects those around us is Jesus. Would you take a moment, just bow your head and close your eyes? I want to ask you a question. This morning, the day after Thanksgiving, the truth is, is we may have come to church and we may have been in church for some time. But we still have a Grinch-like heart. In fact, we don't even know what it's like to not have that kind of heart. We've never had a heart that was new. I, I want to I encourage you, if, if that's you, I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life and to replace your old self with a new self that is transformed in a moment. By believing in who he is. If that's you and you haven't placed your faith in Jesus, I want to pray for you. Would you be so bold to slip up your hand while everybody's bowing their head and closing their eyes? 
if you wouldn't mind looking back up at me. I want to encourage you as well. As we're looking at this and how God made us new and gave life to our dead bodies and raised us up and that we are born again, we may be in a place where we still have some Grinch-like tendencies. Have you, have you noticed that? Like, the, we're not quite to the finish line. Uh, Paul, Paul would say this, I, I would want you to run your race towards a prize. I want you to run, and, and the cloud of witnesses will be watching you run. And the, the ones who have already graduated to heaven, if you will, and they're going to see how you're running, and they're going to applaud you as you begin to run. And it says, fix your eyes on the prize, because the sin of this world will entangle you. In fact, it quickly tries to trip you up. Have you found that to be true, where you just get tripped up? Maybe tripped up with some bad thinking, some not right thinking. Revelation 2.5 talks about a church. A church that was following Jesus. And it says this, consider how far you have fallen. And it uses this word, repent, and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. There is a repentance that leads towards salvation. And we all remember that moment when we first came to know Christ and we repented of that. But there's also a repentance that leads us to right thinking. You see, there's one that is this internal condition of our soul and we're sealed by the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. But there's this moment where our mind has been swaying far from the truth. Maybe it's a moment Maybe it's a season for you. These Grinch-like tendencies. And, and Jesus would say that you would repent and do the things you did at first. You repent and come back to your first love. So I want you to look at your snowflake. If you'd pull that out with me real quickly. And all of us wrote down maybe something. A Grinch-like tendency. Mine was disappointment. Maybe it was a Grinch-like tendency that's disappointment. And out of disappointment, which was more of a root, and maybe some fruit of that disappointment in my life, the way I treat my wife, my kids, people I work with, the church. Maybe some of that. So I want us to turn the snowflake over. I don't want you to write the opposite. Instead, I want you to write the moment that you first found your first love. For some of you, when you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and he came to you, you know the dates. You know the hour. You know the minute. You know the second. You were right there, and you prayed the sinner's prayer. Or it was this moment where he just revealed himself to you, and you believed. For some of you, it may have been a, a process or a time, and you don't remember the dates. For me, I was around five or six. I don't know the day. I don't know the hour. I knew it was an evening. When I looked up to the sky and I realized, man, there's some Grinch-like tendencies in me at five. And Jesus, you're revealing yourself to me. 
And I'm going to put my trust in you. Come live inside of me. The best a five or six-year-old can articulate. The great news about the gospel, it's no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter about IQ or age. It's Jesus coming to rescue you in that moment. For you, whenever it was, would you write your date on here? Would you write that moment on here? And would that move you to a place of true repentance? Remembering Jesus and what he did. And as you remember the gospel in your life, you can live from the gospel. As you remember the gospel, you can live from it. And you can start being transformed by it. Start transforming others. Would you stand with me this morning as we begin to close in prayer? And I'd just love to pray with you before we dismiss this morning. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, God, for, for us being able to find Christ with us this morning. Jesus, the Christmas is a moment when we celebrate you coming to earth for us. And Jesus, we remember today when you came into our life for us. Lord, we remember that. And I just pray, God, that you would give us the strength to turn away from thinking that doesn't honor you to a life that is lived for you. God, I pray for that desire and that strength. Re-up us this morning. As we move from Grinch to grace, to grace, to grace. God, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen.